You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Hallelujah. Are you ready for the Word of God? Are you ready to be challenged to know that God has got your future in His hands? I want to ask you if you can please stand to your feet. If you're visiting with us for the first time, we're just going to do the, do the declaration. We're going to do the, declare the Word of God. It's what we do in Household of Christ. It's something that the Lord gave me in 2006. So from January 2006, we've been declaring this every time before we minister the Word of God. Amen. Turn to the person next to you say, there's hope for you. As long as you keep your hope in Christ Jesus. So if you're ready, one, two, three. I'm a son of God revealed. I'm blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. I'm saved. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm a life-giving spirit. I accept his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection power in my life. I'm bound to his word and can do what it says I can do. I receive the word with meekness and I'm changed from glory to glory. I have the God kind of faith. I'm the righteousness of God and will never be the same. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. As you take your seat, turn to the person next to you, say, your smile looks better than the last time I saw you. (laughs) Keep on smiling. I know you have a lot of things to be happy about. Amen. Maybe you're going through some challenges. Maybe you're going through the most difficult time in your life. But when you know your your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you have something to rejoice about. You have something to be happy about. Amen. So today I want to minister a message, securing a good future. Securing a good future. Many are asking questions about the future. Many people think, what does the future look like? Maybe in the past few years you've been going through some really difficult times, challenging seasons. You're thinking, what is going to happen next? Am I talking to the right people here this morning? Have you been going through a tough season? Challenging season? So that just means you're one of those that I've mentioned. Amen. I want to tell you that God holds your future in his hands. He's already in your tomorrow. Moses, entering into the promised land, he said to God, I'm not going into the promised land unless you go before me. God has gone before us. He holds our future in his hands. People are looking for a secure future in different places. Some people are considering to go abroad. Some have decided to stay here. Doesn't matter what you've purposed in your heart as long as you're doing it in faith. To stay in South Africa takes a lot of faith. The rand dollar, 16.50. Euro, 17. I think the pound's at 20. Petrol, you need a lot of faith to stay in South Africa. Amen. The thing that hindered Israel to enter into the promised land was not what was going on around them. It was not the rand dollar exchange. It was what was happening on the inside. The book of of Hebrews teaches us that they could not enter in because of unbelief. The thing that will hinder you to enter into your good future, that will keep you back to secure a good future, is not what's happening around you. 
but what's happening on the inside of you. Many people today, when they have a bad report, feels like everything just falling down, collapsing. Your bad report encourage you that God holds your future in his hands. In this time, I've written a book, Courageous Faith, so take some time and read it. But in the book, I start with a bad report that Belinda and myself got when we were married and they said she will never be able to have children. Those were facts. That was a report from the doctor. But we made a decision to put our trust in God's word. And it was one scripture that the Lord gave us that we were holding on to from the book of Romans. God said, contrary to hope, in hope believed, and he became the father of many nations, became the father of hope. The Lord said to me, your firstborn will be a little girl and call her hope. Hope, wave at the people there. <laughs> Can I talk to the young people under the age of 25? You face a whole lot more challenges than what we did at our age. But I want to say to you, you have a good destiny. Amen? The young people of this nation has got a good destiny. Can I have an amen when we say that? Amen. Jeremiah 29, 11 was not just written for you, it was written for everybody. I know the thoughts I have towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Amen. Take some time and think about that. What God is thinking about you is a future filled with hope. Peace in your heart. Many teenagers don't believe that they can have a good future. A matter of fact, for teenagers, often it feels a thousand times worse. Anything that's happening in their lives. Who have got teenagers? Wonderful. This is for you and your teenagers. Amen. Mine has just gone through that season. I thank God for that. Amen. I must say, my children were the best while they were teenagers just because of a simple principle that I applied. And I want to share it with you today as parents, teenagers, young people, listen to me. Amen? Teenagers, where they find themselves, emotions, what they are feeling are influencing their lives more than anything. Teenagers live from their limbic system it's the part that protects them and keeps them safe it's that part of the brain that makes you freeze run away fight amen it's the alarm system for children so you have to understand how your child is thinking it's like a man and a woman. Husbands, you have to understand how she's thinking. Wife, you have to understand how he's thinking. Most of the times when you think he's thinking, he's not thinking. <laughs> I read something the other day. They, it said, women think more 
what men are thinking than what men are actually thinking. <laughs> Just blink, gentlemen, if you know what I'm talking about. I'm not a doctor, but it's, it's the amygdala part of the brain that's still busy developing. And it's there to keep the teenager safe. So what you are feeling is not wrong. Don't think there's something wrong with you. Amen? Ladies, some of you that are so sensitive, it's good to be sensitive. Amen? But don't let the enemy use that sensitivity to push you out of the body of Christ. Use that sensitivity for you to fall in a pit and never get up. But rather let the Holy Spirit use that sensitivity to feel what other people are feeling so that you can help people. Amen? So this part will only be fully developed from the age of 25 to 30. Amen? Even insurance companies know it. That's why they make you pay more for your insurance if you're under 25. Amen? The danger about this part of a person's development, young people, is that you cannot discern, or this part of your brain, the way it functions at that age, it just sees danger. It cannot discern if it's real or not. Why is that important to understand? Because most of you are on Instagram, are on Facebook, and you're looking at things that are not real, thinking it's real. So you have anxiety because of something that you think it's real, but it's not really real. Fears. And things feel a hundred or a thousand times worse. Most people, what they post on social media is not real. Can you see the danger? Mommy, daddy, to just give them a phone and to let them just look at everything on their phones. It's like a pilot flying at night. If the pilot feels like he's 10,000 feet up in the sky, but he's not, he can fly into a mountain and crash it. If you feel that you're 10,000 up, or you're 10,000 feet up in the sky, and you drop your legs and you think, the, 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 the wheels, and you think you're going to land, there's going to be nothing. You're going to be going down, down. Our young people are facing challenges, difficulties. They are just being themselves. But the enemy is taking advantage of them. Amen? Sometimes you think, I don't understand this person. Something that doesn't, something that shouldn't be big, they make a big thing of it. Am I talking to the right people here this morning? Let me give you an example from Scripture. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter 25. 
I'm reading from the Amplified. And Esau said to Jacob, I beg of you, let me have some of that red lentil stew to eat, for I'm faint and famished. My son played rugby. He was 16. When he's hungry, if I don't eat now, I'm going to faint. If you've had a teenager, you'll know what I'm talking about. If I don't eat now, I'm going to faint. I'm going to pass out. And when they start eating, I mean, they... for I'm faint and famished. That is why his name was called Edom Red. Jacob answered, then sell me today your birthright, the rights of firstborn. Esau said, see here, I'm at a point of death. What good can this birthright do me? When you think about it today, you think, how could he do that? Take a guess, how old was Esau when that happened? Fifteen. Fifteen. Jaden did a camp when he was at school where they put them in the bush for 30 hours with only three liters of water to teach them it's not that easy to die. When he tells you the story, He'll tell you, I was going to die. <laughs> he says, I had to go and ask the teacher for an apple because I was going to die. <laughs> the enemy would want to take advantage of us. There's a way out for our teenagers. We have to be there to help them. Daniel was 17 years old when he went into captivity. David was 14 years old when he killed the lion and the bear. Didn't run away, faced the lion and the bear. How is it? When I started looking at this, how is it that these Jewish men, these boys, how is it that they didn't panic? There was only one thing. In Jewish customs, they had to memorize the Torah, the word of God. By the age of 12 and 13. They knew I don't have to be afraid. Because God will be my shield. He'll be my protection. He'll be my exceedingly great reward. David knew. He was in covenant with God. When he had to face the giant. He could say you're an uncircumcised Philistine. You're not in covenant with God. I'm not going to run. Parents, can I give you some good advice? Make sure your children are in children's church from a young age that when they go to high school, their hearts are filled with the word of God. You're giving your child an advantage to bring them to church and make sure that they're in Sunday school. Before David faced the giant... He had killed a lion and a bear at the age of 14. I mean, most of us today, if your child told you, I'm going to kill a lion and a bear, you say, what are you thinking? Mommy, let me see your hand. <laughs> David could remind himself when he faced that giant, God was with me when I killed the lion, when I killed the bear. 1 Samuel 17 verse 36. could remind himself. Make sure your children are full of the word of God, full of the Holy Spirit, and full of faith by the time they go to high school. 
Because in high school, I'm telling you, there's some giants waiting for them. Giants of bullying, intimidation, thumbs up, thumbs down, on Instagram, on social media. Amen. Can you see the importance of a church, of a living church? I want to say to the young people and the old people and the mature people and wherever you are, whenever you go through a challenging time, remind yourself of the bear and the lion where God has given you victories in the past. David looked at that giant and saw it as an opportunity to glorify God's name. He saw it as an opportunity to show God's strength. shouldn't be running away. As parents, we should establish our children in the ways of God. Remind them that they're in covenant with God. Just imagine, just imagine, young people, if David could kill a giant between the age of 15 and 19, imagine what you can do with God under a better covenant with better promises. We're going to get you more excited than that. We're going to get that faith level from here to here. Amen. Are you ready for that? I'm sick and tired of the enemy taking advantage of our young people. It's unacceptable. Amen. Turn to your, the person next to you and say, people are not your enemy. Tell them sin is your enemy. You know, Daniel is another great example. At the age of 17, he went into captivity. Just think about it. 17, taken away. The Bible says he was offered the delicacies of the king. Now just think about it. If somebody offers you the delicacies of the king, that's splashing everything that everybody wants, everything on social media, that's trending, that's cool, that's likable, that was offered to him. But the Bible says in Daniel 1.8, Daniel purposed in his heart that he was not going to defile himself. We have to teach our children to give Jesus the rightful place in their hearts that when, when these temptations come, they've purposed in their hearts they're not going to give themselves to those things. Keep themselves pure. Nobody would have said a thing if he'd enjoyed the... Del- nobody would have said a thing. Nobody would have thought funny. Nobody would have made a comment because that was a privilege given to everybody there. But he said, the God before whom I stand does not approve of this. I'm thinking about my destiny. I'm thinking about my future. What would have happened when he had to face the lion's den if he'd become a partaker of the king's delicacies? I think one of the greatest tragedies today is unfulfilled destinies. Good futures, Good destinies destroyed upon the rocks of disobedience. 
You have a destiny. You have a purpose. God is thinking about that destiny. I know the thoughts I have towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Are you ready to claim that destiny? You know, sometimes things are not just going to happen. You have your part to play. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have your part to play. So can I tell you something? You have to make certain decisions. As a parent, show your child that you're putting God first. Sundays, when our children were invited to parties on a Sunday, if the party was at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning, it was, sorry, we in church on a Sunday morning. If it was in the afternoon, that's fine. We'll get you there. But if it's going to be 10 a.m. in Jesus' time, sorry, it's not going to happen. I'll make up and we'll go have fun. But in Jesus' time, church time, those in business, when you have a commitment and you said, I'm going to be in church, and 9 o'clock when you have to drive with the family here, you get the call, if you want to sign the contract, you have to come now. If you've purposed in your heart to put God first, put God first and see what he will do. I'm putting it out to you because we have to make a decision because, yes, give the Lord a hand. The enemy won't just grab you here and take you there. He starts subtly with little things. You all know the story about the frog in the pot and the heat gets turned up slowly. It starts that habit of always being in church. Now suddenly you're not coming anymore. Especially now that we see the day approaching where Christ is going to come. Hebrews says, do not neglect the assembly of the saints as is the manner of some especially as you see the day approaching. So he says, in the last days, people would want to come to church less and less. That's why you should purpose in your heart, I'm going to come to church more and more. I want my children in children's church so that they can be ready when they go to high school. Friday night, I was here at the youth. I thank God for the youth. I arrived here 10 to 9 just to see. Half past 9, they were still hanging around here. I was even talking to some of the parents and saying, the kids just don't want to go home. I want to be in God's presence, want that fellowship, encouraging each other. Now I'm going to show you the way, how you're going to have confidence that you'll have a good future. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. There's no partiality with God. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. A good future for this nation is very easy. God does not show any partiality. Fear God, practice righteousness. Fear God is to hate sin. Turn from sin. Matthew 6 verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Practice righteousness. Verse 36, 
the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. Preaching peace through Jesus Christ. The message that we preach to people, peace. God wants peace in your life, peace in your heart. John 16, 33, the peace that I give you, it's not the peace of this world. In this world, you'll have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. You can have a storm on the outside, but yet have peace on the inside. Here's the most important part. Preaching peace through Jesus Christ. Capital J, capital C. Capital J, capital C. Does Jesus still have capital J, capital C position in your heart? Or have you diminished him just to something that you use every day? Give him the rightful place in your heart. Many of the things that you are going through is more capital in your life than anything else. When the enemy comes against you to kill, steal, and destroy, killing, stealing, and destroying, it's in capital letters. So you're going to have to stand up and rely upon Jesus, the one who said, I've come to bring life and life in abundance. The enemy has got a plan for your life. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But God has got a plan for you, life and life in abundance. So the time has come. If we believe that, you're going to have to roar. You're going to have to make your voice loud. For the young people, when they feel everything is too much, when they feel like, if I'm not going to have that lentil soup right now, I was thinking about it. It was, it was going all vegan on us there. Amen. <laughs> Not even, a, not even a meat soup. It was vegetable soup. Amen. Birthright. His emotions was all over the place. It must have been a good soup. Amen. I'm going off the point here. But in any case, when people want to make stupid decisions like that, let's roar. When I was in my early 20s, I was given wrong advice by Christians. Because I was asking the wrong Christians for advice. I was asking 20-year-olds for advice about my life. Instead of listening to the old skippers. Amen? The old captains that's been on the boat, that's been through storms, that will tell you. When there's a difficulty, when there's big waves, just relax. Just stay where you are. Don't do anything stupid now. We're going to show you. That sail must go there. We're going to tell you, quickly, help us row here, and we're going to get you through that storm. When I read a book about a guy that used to sail, he said the first time he was in a storm, he was freaking out. The wind was hitting him. You know, uh, waves, water can feel like rocks in your face if you're on a boat. And he said he was freaking out. And when he looked at the captain, the captain was calm. Saying, just relax, just go, we're going to get through this. I tell you, in a tough time like this, people will be looking at us, the church, and we cannot be freaking out. We should be knowing what God has said about our future. Amen? Are you ready to roar for the young people? When they feel despondent, to roar and say, enough is enough. 
hopelessness that's coming against people. David, when he had that assignment and he saw the lion took one of the lambs, said, not on my shift. I'm in covenant with God. The Bible says he took the lamb out of the lion's mouth. Wow. You know what happens in the church today? Instead of fighting the lion, the enemy that wants to kill, steal, and destroy, we start fighting the lambs. We fight the wrong battle. Be gentle with the lamb. Take them out. Some people have been bruised so much. You have to be extra sensitive with them to help them through this time and season. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm ready to roar. So I don't roar that loud. But if I can get 10 people to roar with me, it's going to sound loud. Two believers are better than one. Listen to me. One puts 1,000 to flight, two 10,000. What would happen if a whole church started roaring for this nation? Telling you now, things will start to change. Amen. Are you ready for that? A good future for our children, for our children's children? I'm ready. I'm ready. We need the church to be ready with us. And I know when I see us praying on a Thursday night, I see the people ready. They're not, they're not walking here like, Jesus, please. I see people walking with energy and fire. Every chair being prayed over. Fire, 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 fire. Blood of Jesus, the love of Christ. Peace, 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 peace. Hope, people praying in the spirit. The chair that you're sitting on is not an ordinary chair, I want to tell you. It's been prayed over. Amen. Let's be one with a difference. Maybe you have to go in at work half an hour before the time and be there and start praying over the chair, start praying over the desk where there's things happening that shouldn't happen. Go there in the mornings and roar before anybody comes in. Amen. And not fight your boss, not fight those around you, but in the spirit. Align things with what heaven has planned. Peace. Amen. Turn to the person next to you say, your boss is not your enemy. Tell them again, say, your boss is not your enemy. The Bible teaches us that hope is the anchor of our souls. In the book of Hebrews, hope is the anchor of our souls. Colossians says that this thing has been keep, kept a mystery. Jesus Christ himself is the hope of glory. Hope is the anchor of our souls, but hope in Christ Jesus is what brings that stability. There's always hope for those who put their hope in Christ Jesus. Amen. Today is prayer line Sunday. Many people have come with a hope and an expectation. They want healing, they want deliverance, they want breakthrough. Healing, deliverance, breakthrough, open doors are most of the time linked to forgiveness. Nobody says, Amen now. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Healing. Deliverance, 90% of the time, is linked to forgiveness. 
if my people, 1 Chronicles, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, break with the things. You want breakthrough, but you don't want to break with your past. How do you want to move into your good future while you're holding on to your bad past? Turn from their wicked ways. Then I will heal their land. Your healing, your deliverance will come when you let go. Are you ready to forgive as Christ has forgiven you? Family, listen to me. In the same way as God has got a plan for your life. He's a tomorrow thinker. He's thinking about your good future. The enemy has got a plan for your life as well. But the way that he keeps you bound is holding on to your past. People that's hurt you. People that's offended you. Disappointed you. A matter of fact, Luke 17 says that offense will come to everybody. Let me see who got offended this week. Raise your hand, just be honest. Who got very offended? <laughs> it's going to happen. Let the offense become your friend. And when that offense comes, run to God. Say, Lord, help me. We're busy with a booklet, Relationship Under Repair, so I'm reading about it. But offense is taken, it's not given. The enemy will come and hold out offense to you like this. Somebody saying something nasty, doing something nasty. Don't take it. Many times we set ourselves up for failure or set ourselves up for offense with unrealistic expectations that we have. Get God's opinion about your situation. In this time and season, a good future is what God has planned for us. Do you believe that? Let me see your hand. God has planned a good future. Let me see your hand if you want to walk in that future. Well, you're going to have to start to declare some things. Isaiah 42 says, there's no restoration because nobody says restore. So you're going to have to sometimes get up and start to declare restoration over your life, over your business, over relationships, whatever area in your life where the enemy has been killing, stealing, and destroying. Start to roar. Are you ready to roar? Are you ready to say, restore, restore, restore? Well, maybe you're at a place where everything is going well and all you have to do is restore, restore, restore. Then I want to say, if you're there and you're that blessed, you must know people that need restoration. Family or friends, let us stand up as the church and start to declare restoration over this nation. Let us start to say, restore, restore, restore. 
Can I tell you what's the most important thing? Why people won't get up and say restore? The book of Corinthians says, we believe, therefore we speak. You have to be fully persuaded in your heart that God wants restoration for you. You must be fully persuaded in your heart that God wants a good future for you. You must be fully persuaded in your heart that there is a great future in this nation for the young people. When you believe that, you believe that, you'll start to say it. But if you don't believe it, hmm, let's see, hmm, okay, see if they know. It was unbelief that kept Israel out of the promised land. If you believe that God has planned good things, let's start to roar. Are you ready to roar? Are you ready to roar, family? Let me hear you say amen. Amen. Give me a louder amen. amen. Please stand to your feet right now. Let me hear you say restore. Say restore. Say father, right now, we bring the youth before you and we declare restoration. I say restore, 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 restore. Father, right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we come against the spirit of hopelessness that has been coming against the youth of this nation. And we resist that foul spirit in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We say, precious Father, judge between what the enemy has planned and what you have planned. And overrule the plans of the enemy right now, Father. We come as your church and we say, restore, 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 restore. Father, we declare right now that we are in covenant with you. We pray over the young people of this nation, oh Father. And we say fear does not grip their hearts anymore because we know that you are their shield, that you are their protection, that you are their exceedingly great reward, Father. We declare that you fill their hearts with love. Spirit of the living God, follow fresh upon this nation. Upon every believer, every Christian that's crying out to you and fill their hearts with your love right now, our Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. So it will overflow to others. Father, we declare that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we come and we declare over the youth of this nation. We declare over South Africa, Father, hope. We declare over South Africa, peace. We declare over South Africa, prosperity, oh Father, in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you that you've given us the promise of a fresh outpouring in the Holy Spirit, oh Father, in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you for that. We bless you for that. For we know, Father, that over this nation is hanging the clouds of revival of the righteous that's been praying for years and years and declaring your word, oh Father. Revival hanging over it, oh Father. And we come and we know that you've said in this time and season that we will reap on places. We did not sow, O Lord. We thank you for this grace as we lift up our hands, O Father. We thank you that we are touching the cloud of revival, O Father. And we're pulling it down right now in Jesus' mighty name. Avalanches of blessing. Avalanches of blessing. Avalanches of blessing. Avalanches of liberty. Avalanches of peace. Of hope, O Father. Of holiness, O Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we ask, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon this nation. Turn hearts back to you act in us that our hearts will be humble act in us 
that our hearts will be pure. Grant unto us humble hearts. Grant unto us pure hearts. Grant unto us hearts that are quick to forgive. Hearts that will not be grudges, O Lord. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name, we come as your church and we bow the knee before you as a token of our full surrender that you are Lord of all. In Jesus' mighty name, we come in this day and we say, Jesus Christ, you the capital J, the capital C. Our past does not hold the capital status anymore, but you, Jesus, who hold our future in your hands, we surrender all. Come and take your rightful place in our hearts, O Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let me hear you one more time. Just say, Restore! 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 Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Right there where you are, just put your right hand on your heart. Raise your other hand to heaven and pray this prayer loud after me. Say, Precious Father, my situation is beyond human means. I need the Savior of the world to save me. Save me, Lord Jesus. Wash me with your blood. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I confess with my mouth and I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ died for me, that he's alive right now, making intercession for all my weaknesses. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me to live a holy life well-pleasing in your sight. I am now a child of the Most High God in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may take your seat for a few minutes. If you've prayed that prayer in humility and sincerity of heart, your sins are forgiven. Your past is over. Don't mention your past again. Your past is Egypt. It's a place of defeat and failure. God is taking you into the promised land. Turn to the person next to you and say, your past is over. Say, whether you like it or not, your past is over. Don't talk about it anymore. Start talking about your good future. A season of restoration. Amen. Hallelujah. G-Man, if you have to remind me every day of the th mistakes that I've made in my life I don't know if I would want to come and preach amen but I don't think about that I think about the good things that God has planned for us and I know God has said to me that it's time to start thinking bigger stop dreaming big dream bigger I'm not done amen this nation belongs to God image of this nation belongs to God I'm fully persuaded that there's enough righteous people that's prayed over the years for this nation, that God's ears are attentive to our prayers, that His eyes are upon this place. Don't look at what you see around you happening. Look with your spiritual eyes and see what's hanging over this nation. Telling you there's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that's coming. God has shared some of the keys with me. Amen. So I'm petitioning those things for us. So come and pray with us on Thursday nights, uh, Thursday evenings and Thursday mornings. We are praying and asking God for these things. Amen. So now that you're born again, that you've prayed that prayer, if I can give you some good advice, get submitted in a local church. Amen. Be part of a living church so that you can enjoy all those benefits. Amen. If you've traveled from far, go find a living church. 
Get involved there. Serve there like never before. If you're from around here, we have to take responsibility. We want to take responsibility for you so you can grow in the things of the Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.